How's that for a slice of fried gold? Oh, you think this is a fucking costume? This is a way of life. I'll be back. Just a flesh wound. I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains. Take your sticking paws off me, you damn dirty ape. I'm sorry, Ben. I love my movies. I've been buying a lot more Blu-rays and stuff lately. Um, but $50 is a lot for an app. But I bet it's fully unlocked. Like, I bet it's got everything. Because normally it, you have to unlock or pay to unlock each category, like for unlimited items that you log. Mm, right. You know, this guy, $50 ain't a lot for an app. Can't hide money. Can't hide money. Well, I already bought it on the, my phone. I don't want to buy it again on my computer. Oh, you said it is a lot. It sounded like you said it ain't a lot. I was like, no, it is. Most what? of the working class people that listen to our show, Justin, fifty dollars <laughs> is a lot. No, I've never paid fifty dollars for an app. I don't like paying any dollars for an app. I don't have to. Yeah. Okay. Let's just make it sure. It's just the way it sounded. I ain't rich, bitch. Yeah. Well, hello and welcome to Cinema Shock, the podcast dedicated to exploring the stories behind your favorite cult and genre films. And well, if your favorite cult and genre films happen to be RoboCop 2 and 3, this is the episode for you. <laughs> wow. Yeah. All three of you out there. <laughs> uh, John Robert Burke is the only one who would consider RoboCop 3 one of his favorite genre films, probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, after seeing your text earlier today, you're uh, sounds like you're a fan, too. I fucking love RoboCop 3. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> is that true? I didn't. What? Oh, you didn't see? You didn't see that tweet? No, I didn't. I didn't yeah. see that tweet. All right. Yeah, well, well spoilers. Come on. I can't wait to talk <laughs> about that. Introduce yourself, Gary. Well, my name is Gary Horde, and I'm one of your hosts. And I'm Justin Bishop. We're joined, as always, by Mr. Todd A. Davis. Hola. And this is, hey, guys, this is our very first ever, ever like, bonus episode slash roundtable discussion. When we moved to that every other week format, for, uh, for the main show, we did promise that there would be some bonus content coming, some uh, episodes that didn't quite fit into our normal format. And this is our first attempt at creating some of that bonus content for you. And hey. so, I mean, not all of these like bonus episodes will be the same. Not all the roundtable episodes will be the same. Uh, I think some might be, you know, talking about new releases. Some might be about, I don't know, movie news or something. But some of them like this one will tie into a recent episode of, of the main show. So, you know, this is something we're new we're trying, so please forgive us if things get a little shaky because we don't really have a format for this. Uh, we're still kind of feeling it out, which is kind of the point, uh, is that these bonus episodes will be a little bit looser, a little less structured than our main show. So, yeah, um, you know, but it'll be fun. We'll just make it up as we go. It's the magic of no editing. Uh, oh, no, no, we're still going to edit it. No scripting. See, <laughs> see, that's magic. That's magic right there. <laughs> Todd's just <laughs> presenting the magic. He's showing you examples of the magic right here <laughs> for everyone to witness. Uh, the thing is, is that like sometimes these movies, what I love about it is that sometimes these movies are going to present themselves uh, with uh, in this case, like a franchise and you look at RoboCop and you're like, this is not just RoboCop. There's RoboCop 2. There's RoboCop 3. People know about these other RoboCop things that happened. And uh, we decide what we're willing to discuss or spend time on and discuss. And in this particular case, it was just RoboCop 2 and 3. F everything else, uh, except Todd, who watched the remake again. But, but and, the I'm point prepared is, to, and I'm prepared to justify that. Sometimes there are some spinoff <laughs> things or some topics of conversation that we think might be good spinoff episodes that, uh, you know, you're not going to spend a whole series on or a whole right. two hours I mean, on we, or something like that. But well, you, the thing still... is that we could do a series on like the RoboCop movies and do like a three episode series on the trilogy, but it's more interesting to talk about like the first RoboCop in the context of Paul Verhoeven's career and Paul Verhoeven 
didn't have anything to do with RoboCop 2 and 3, so it doesn't really fit into that category. So it's like you got to choose, hey, are we going to do a series on RoboCop 1, 2, and 3, or are we going to do a series on Paul Verhoeven? And Paul Verhoeven's a more interesting direction to go in, which just leaves RoboCop 2 and 3 kind of out in the nether, you know, so we figured this is a good way to fit those in and still discuss them. It maybe not in quite as much detail as we would if they were like a main episode, but you know, still kind of kind well, of a fun. They're still worth talking about. Before we dive too deep in on uh RoboCop and leave Paul Verhoeven aside, did Paul Verhoeven get a lot of I mean without you know revealing a whole lot of, you know, the rest of the series that we're going to cover on the main show, did Paul Verhoeven get a lot of franchise opportunities in terms of like hey you did the first one let's do he three, they four, four. well they wanted him for robocop too but he was already making total recall ah so yeah he was apparently open to it and um ed newmeyer well this is a perfect time to go ahead and jump right into this uh ed newmeyer and michael minor were immediately approached by the studio for a possible sequel yeah. uh this is like right as the movie came out because it started hitting big and according yeah, i mean m- the movie came out in what did we say july i think and they were working on a script by september yeah um mm. and according to verhoven he didn't want to make the kind of studio uh the film the studio had in mind uh that's the stuff i saw about it he he didn't want to be the guy who was just cashing in on the success of the first film he wanted to make a film that he felt like made sense um if it was original if it was still innovative if it was still something he felt artistically mattered that's uh that's the cross you bear if you're an artist i guess well Uh, i mean given the given those guys backgrounds like we discussed on the on the on the RoboCop one show it that's not surprising you know they, yeah. they they want their they want their voice be it artistic or otherwise to mean something well so th- they started writing a script and orion wanted their like i said september uh, orion wanted their first draft to be in by december uh which is very very quick and they also had to rush it even more because they were already working on another script for Orion, which is a movie called company man that uh, Oliver Stone was supposed to do. And so they really had to rush it, but they did come up with a, a draft and it was called RoboCop Two: the corporate wars. Yeah. Uh, and it sounds fucking wild. <laughs> like it, nice. it's set, it's set 25 years after RoboCop uh, or it's so I, I don't know. I haven't read the script, so I've only read. I read an article on um, in uh, uh, Cine Fantastic magazine about RoboCop Two, and they actually talked to Newmeyer and Miner about it pretty extensively. Uh, That's from July of 1990, uh, right, right as RoboCop Two that we got was coming out. Uh, Cine Fantastic published this article, and they detail a lot about the um, the proposed version that they had written. So. In their version, RoboCop is blown up by a thief who's like trying to rob a bank. He gets blown up. And then the movie picks up 25 years later. And yeah, they said I, the thing I read said that it was like some kind of cannon he has and it like shoots him and pulverizes him into metallic dust. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I'm just going to read this little description that I found because uh, it's, I was going to try to just explain it, but I'm just going to read this because it's, it makes more sense. <laughs> it just makes more <laughs> sense. So, uh, so RoboCop wakes up 25 years later in a new version of the United States called Ameriplex, which consisted of upper class plexes made out of former cities like New York Plex, Rio Plex, and Delhi Plex, plus many more shanty towns with residents named Outplexers. So RoboCop is revived in a now abandoned building for the defunct Omni consumer products by two goons of a super entrepreneur named Ted Flicker, who plans to make a national government, uh, the national government, a private corporate entity that he owns. So you can kind of see some of this does. Yeah. Mirror what we're going to see in RoboCop 2. But it also says Flickr also currently has a lot of control over the country, despite another person who was a former comedian being the president. RoboCop's new system is also the central computer system of Ameriplex called Neurobrain. Mm, <laughs> this is wow. crazy. Uh, RoboCop 2 
follows numerous subplots, such as Flicker's plan for domination, a violence-spreading narcotic named Smudge, the internal grid security commander trying to trying to genocide the outplexers and Robocop's code being played with by an American scientist and a Chinese hacker. The script hypes the first film's consumerist aspects. Those in the high-class plexes eat, eat at leisure gold where service droids serve them and make love with sex bots at various brothels while the environment's media landscape is filled with news blips, mood-enhancing drug ads, and Moondog, a rapper from space, changing public opinion that's so weird isn't the thing in fallout called moondog isn't that that guy's name i can't remember is it like the dj yeah like the dj guy that sounds like, right that yeah. feels like his name is moondog but yeah neurobrain would be like even somewhat sort of a love interest for robocop and uh uh try to humanize him even more and he would like fall it's not like on like three two where it's like he he finds there's like the corporation the government and then there's like the impoverished population yeah. that like he ends up siding with uh and and supposedly from what i read the studio liked this idea but they were like hard deadline like get yeah. this done immediately yeah. and the guys were like we can't we can't get it all together and do it right this quick yeah. And uh, and Verhoeven in this meantime moved on to like Justin said, Total Recall, and uh, he he voices opinion apparently that they should be patient and wait for uh, New Meyer and Miner's idea. Uh, but, sounds pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. it sounds, sounds cool. Crazy. Yeah. It sounds, sounds crazy. Really <laughs> but, well, for what it's worth, just to throw this in, if you listen to our RoboCop episode, uh, we mentioned that there's a, a sequel coming out in, uh, well, that's supposedly in the works right now that would ignore the sequels and uh, be a direct sequel yeah. to the original. And I read that that is supposedly based on this concept. One can hope because I would like to see that come to life because it's it just sounds so wacky, you know. Uh, yeah. But is the so, is the original script floating around out there somewhere? I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I haven't I haven't dug deep enough to find out. But so what happens is like uh, that's that's done by December uh, and then March the next year, nineteen eighty eight. There was a five month Writers Guild of America strike uh, started in March, and Newmeyer and Miner, as members of the union, took part in the strike, but because the strike went on for so long, they actually got fired from Orion for this picture uh, for breach of contract. Hmm. So, and then around the same time, Oliver Stone stopped working on company man to go make talk radio. So Newmeyer and Miner were no longer employed by Orion pictures at all. And so while the strike was going on, Orion signed a waiver to be able to work on other possible RoboCop scripts while the writers were on strike uh, and then they asked Newmeyer who they should hire. Presumably, I would guess they were looking for someone who wasn't in the WGA who would be able to work during the strike. So Newmeyer suggested comic book writers Frank Miller, who had just just the year before RoboCop came out, had done The Dark Knight Returns, and then Alan Moore, who had just done Watchmen. Uh, they offered Alan Moore the job, and in typical Alan Moore fashion, he's like, no, I don't do movies. <laughs> uh, and Miller accepted because Miller was wanting to get into screenwriting anyway. Uh, so, and then after Newmeyer and Miner got fired, he was kind of the main writer on the sequel. I'm torn about how I feel about Frank Miller's involvement with the sequels. It's well, I, I'm torn look, about. I mean, he feels like the perfect fit because, like, The Dark Knight Returns was like a gritty satirical take on Batman, and and he's got all that the news footage that feel like the media break things from RoboCop. Mm-hmm. So it does feel like he's right for the material. Uh, but he had never written a screenplay, so his script was considered unfilmable <laughs> at the time. Yeah, yeah, that's because that's he wasn't writing. About right. He didn't know how to write movies, <laughs> so they brought in a guy named Wallen Green, who was the writer of the Wild Bunch, and he did a pretty heavy rewrite on that. Although a lot of Miller's original ideas would later be used on his um, RoboCop comic book series that came out in the in the two thousands. Yeah, and that 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 series is um, actually pretty dope. I've, I've read. Um, good bit of it it's a lot of fun uh you can probably get it yeah i think i read it on comiXology so you know it's very reasonably priced and easy to find obviously they didn't have a hard time like getting the actors back involved in this i mean the actors are just looking for work and uh, i mean peter weller was reluctant to come back he 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 criticized the script i definitely yeah well he he had also he had also been pretty miserable in the suit on the first movie so he uh 
he didn't want to do that again. And I think he only agreed to come back if they can make the suit more comfortable for him this time around. Understandable. Um, I did see that they asked uh, Alex Cox to direct this one as well, just like in the first one. And uh, it said he turned it down, greatly disliking the original screenplay by Frank Miller. Yeah, yeah. Well, he he was involved for like a week or so, (laughs) Alex Cox was. And then he watched The Exorcist 2. And The Exorcist 2 is notoriously a pretty horrible sequel. And I think that he was just like, I don't want to be the guy to make a shitty sequel to a classic movie. Um, <laughs> in an interview with the guardian, uh, Alex Cox said Miller was ever thus. I was asked to direct his script for RoboCop two and it and turned it down. Unlike the original RoboCop, which trod a path between right wing politics and left wing irony. Miller's script was reactionary and obnoxious pitting its robot police hero against homeless people. No wonder he's so popular with the Hollywood one percenters. <laughs> I mean, this movie, it does. Yeah. Like if you know Frank Miller's politics and you watch this movie with that in mind, even though his script was rewritten, like there's a lot of his right wing stuff in there. Like, like, like RoboCop really becomes sort of fascist in this version of the movie. It's, it's, it it probably would have been more blatant in Miller's original script had it not been rewritten, but it's still, it's still there, you know, Mm. Uh, Miller's politics, which have just gotten more batshit over the years. Right. It's it's weird because I don't want to oppose somebody like I want to, I want to enjoy art just for what it is. And then like all that, but yeah, I mean, there, there absolutely is this Frank, Frank is Frank's a weird dude. Well, I mean, I think, yeah. Well, I mean, with the the announcement from Image, uh, well, not from Image, from Ben Temple Smith earlier this week about his work with Warren Ellis, you know, and in this, that's kind of the nice thing about comics nowadays is that you know there are so many great creators involved, and it's so available to so many people that when stuff comes out about guys like like Warren Ellis. Um, it's easy to go, you know what? I don't need to read that. Or I don't need to read image comics at all. If they're going to support a dude like Warren Ellis. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's uh, yeah. that Yeah. And Frank Miller's stuff. It's, it's been, you know, I mean, we it's right wing. Yeah. I'm the goddamn Batman. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) That does Uh, sum it up pretty nice. I mean, 300 is, so jingoistic it's not funny like it's anyway that's that's a discussion for another episode i guess but so you know frank miller series oh god no we won't oh god (laughs) (laughs) but eventually uh irvin kershner gets hired on to uh to direct and that kind of made a lot of sense because after all he was the guy who stepped into the director's chair on another well-known sequel uh empire strikes back so he kind of had that one yeah, yeah. Have you heard of it? It's a sequel to I, yeah. a little movie called Star Wars. So the one that arguably is like the greatest Star Wars film to some folks. So, <laughs> so Orion wanted to shoot pretty soon. They'd already done the stupid studio thing where they go ahead and set a release date before the movie even starts shooting. So Kirshner was kind of rushed into shooting uh, with a pretty messy script. He had to and, like agree to it within like a week. Like, yeah, you start really shooting quick. in a week. So he, do it. So him and Miller would have to kind of constantly rework the film during the shoot, uh, which is why it can come across as a bit of a, a messy. Film. I read Miller was on the set every single day, even though he was not required to be there. Yeah, well, that sounds like something he would do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Peter Weller returned, Nancy Allen returned, uh, Dan O'Hurley returned, although as I joked in our last episode, uh, he does seem to be playing a completely different character here. I would argue a better character. The old man in the first (laughs) movie is not like the bad guy. Like he's, he seems like he's fairly innocent as far as like the corporate overlords go, but in here he's the inner, he's, he's innocent. Uh, he's, he is innocent in the sense of like, I'll just boss everybody around and however you need to get it done, get it done. He's the yeah, figure. yeah, he's a figure, but in here, figurehead. That's and a, here he's, he's figurehead. like very much the comic book villain, right. you know. Oh yeah, uh, but he's great in it. <laughs> he's really oh, yeah. fun. He's really uh, fun he's to so, watch because he's so good at being over the top. Like he's, yeah. I don't know, man. Um, 
No. It was great, though, as Tom Noonan. God as damn it. Kane. Tom Noonan. I, I mean, not, this is the thing. So, uh, so a little backstory for me. I had this one dubbed on VHS for some reason. I had RoboCop 2. So I saw RoboCop 2 at least, at least as much as I saw the original. So <laughs> I watched them both. And I fucking loved, you know what? Cars on the table, love RoboCop 2. I think RoboCop <laughs> 2 is fantastic. I For totally different reasons the, than the original RoboCop, but I think that RoboCop 2 is great. I mean, uh, I think I think RoboCop 2 is fun. Uh, it does feel a lot cheaper than the first movie, which is ironic because I think it actually had a higher budget than the first movie. But the RoboCop suit looks... I mean, I know they gave it a different um, paint job in this mm-hmm. one. It's got like all it's, the blue on it. Yeah, and it's made from fiberglass this time because they it, had found a way to make it lighter for... Uh, but it just looks so much cheaper to me. It's got uh, that sheen, that weird color on it, but yeah. but it's because it is because it's. I mean, it is. I mean, it's you know everything you just said. I mean, it is cheaper, I guess. Like it's it's something to be lighter and more flexible for him, so he's not spending I mean, hours in the chair, basically. Yeah, but it does. It comes across on the screen, though. I think. Yeah. I also think that like RoboCop Two is. It's got some pacing issues. It it's. Yeah, they're, they're, it's got some very, it's got some really, a lot of really fun moments, but it does occasionally kind of sludge along. Dude, I would say, like for me, watching it again this time, I thought that it just was like weird pacing. Like it was not, never did it feel like I wasn't interested, and maybe that's because of just my enjoyment or investment in it as a kid. But I never thought it sludged along, but I did think while i was watching it this time like this is so fucking weird like yeah. why are they doing this it's, like it's weird why I mean, is it why is it like bouncing around in the story and then like, like introducing like, like the wife as right. part of the story and him stalking her and then you resolve it like 20 minutes later and, and they just like, drop it forever for the rest <laughs> of the like, movie why did you do that i, I mean that's yeah. a it's a very clear case of an unfinished screenplay that hasn't been <laughs> properly developed because yeah they they and that's a big part of the story at the beginning of the movie yeah, yeah uh, but that's like, the thing you can't look stalking at this as why story and, this is robocop uh, to like what some dumb jock guys watching robocop in 87 were watching they were it, uh, it just feels like a series of like robocop vignettes it's like okay this is robocop versus uh Kane. Now this is RoboCop versus RoboCop Two, and this is RoboCop's thing with his wife, and you know, and Nancy Allen's barely in the fucking movie. Uh, like she just pops <laughs> up every now and then, uh, which yeah. is crazy because she was such an integral character the, to the first one. Uh, but I mean, it's got fun stuff. Like I think, you know, we we said in our RoboCop episode that Orion originally wanted a PG sequel, and they clearly abandoned that because in the very first one of the very first scenes, you've got a child shooting RoboCop and calling him a fucker. <laughs> so obviously we didn't go the PG route. Uh, that kid says fucker a lot in that movie, but hey, bad language makes for bad feelings. <laughs> and uh, that kid was on Star Trek. <laughs> was he? Was yeah, he? he was. I didn't even know that. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, you've got all the um, the stuff where RoboCop's being nice, which is funny. Yeah, oh, it's so funny. Uh, it's I funny, it. but it's also a bird in the hand is with Earth too. It's so goofy. I I love it. It also feels like this a school day. (laughs) And that also feels very much like Frank Miller going like, oh, this guy is like a pussy because he's being nice. So we got to turn him back into like a tough guy cop. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I guess I could see that. Uh, To me, he just came across like the old chat bots. Like when I was growing up, there was this thing called Dr. Spazzo, which is like an online or not at all live because we didn't even have that. It was supposed to be like a psychiatrist program. Did you guys ever have that? No. You no. could ask it questions and it would respond. Dr. Spanko? Spazzo. Dr. Spazzo. Spazzo? Yeah, I'm going to look it up real quick. I, I swear to God, it was a thing. Um, anyway, um, so you would you would talk to it. And it would it would randomly. Uh, it was from 1991. Wow. Creative Labs. And uh, yeah, you would try to, it would, it would try to talk to you. And I said, I'm here to help you say whatever is in your mind freely. Our conversation will be kept in strict confidence. Memory contents will be wiped after you leave. 
This was the thing. Now looking like back a, at it, like this dot. seems like some real shit. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, it's like MS DOS base. Yeah, uh, essentially, because it's just like asking you stuff. And essentially, what you would do as a person my age at the time is you'd be like, "Say fuck." <laughs> That's what you would type. Would it, would it, would it do it? Fuck you, Gary. <laughs> and uh, so sometimes it would, but so like later, later on, it would be like, "That's not a proper thing to say." You know, like, this is like this is like the great grandfather of like Siri and Alexa. It yeah. was, yeah. it was, and and so like I thought of him, him like he's a person. I thought of that program like when RoboCop was walking around. I was like, no, this makes perfect sense for the time. Like this is like, you know, he's just like reading the Miranda to a dead guy. I thought that was fucking hilarious. I don't yeah. care. Yeah, <laughs> and. uh I don't know. And like, and, and there were things that I, I thought that got, you know, you, you mentioned this, but as far as in terms of ridiculousness, as far as what the original wanted, um, I thought this kept the spirit in a lot of ways. Like as far as, I don't know, just craziness. I mean, it's like the OCP com commercial where the guy like is like, Oh, this didn't transfer fast enough. You know, we, I lost yeah. the deal and he shoots himself in the head and it's like, I mean, God. I, yeah, they're definitely going for like the trying to do the satire thing with those moments, but they're trying to be a little too edgy with it, which I think is probably a Frank Miller thing. Sure. Uh, because he's an edgelord, you know, but like it, it takes it past the point of being, I don't know, it, it takes it a, almost a little too far. And, and I'm not saying that it's like being a prude. I just mean that it's to me, it's less funny because it feels like they're trying too hard. Yeah, there was literally the, the the scene where he he ends up shooting at the guy that's smoking and it goes around his head. Yeah, he says like "Thank you for not smoking." Um, that was literally at the time they took that clip and used it in anti-smoking ads before other movies. It wasn't is, just for in Robocop. Day, like, which is also very odd. That's a weird, what a weird <laughs> thing to do. Yeah, but you know, uh, I do like. I mean, there's. I mean, I, I like the uh, the world that they build, like with the nuke. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but they they then they kill off Tom Noonan, and he's not even in the second half of the movie, which is annoying because he's such a great. Yeah, character. you say that, but I was actually paying attention to this time, and I I was thinking the same thing because I remember this time when I watched it, knowing who Tom Noonan is and seeing him as an actor, as a character actor, as we all have in different stuff, like. I mean, I think of stuff like Hell on Wheels right now, um, even with him in it. And uh, love that man. Guy. Yeah, and Lawnmower Man. Like, I love that guy. Really, Kane slash Robocop 2 doesn't show up until it would be like, if you were separating this, it would be like three-fourths of the way into the movie. Not Kane, not Kane, the, Kane the character as Tom Noonan is there pretty early. No, no, um, I mean, I mean, like him leaving the movie and it just being he's supposed to be this robot. The robot doesn't show up until like, I mean, the robot literally there oh, yeah, is I know. like I'm just, 20 to 30 minutes of the robot. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're right. But I'm just saying I wish like they shouldn't have they, they kind of abandoned that character uh, pretty early on. And they never explained why that doctor is wanting to look at like psychopaths brains to put into this. I think it was that, more of that the is issue. true. They control. never explained that. They were look, they were looking for a way to control RoboCop and she started looking at psychopaths because she thought about the I think it was a lower intellect but and then she realized drug drug, drug drug addict, drug addicts would actually be better. That's well, a good point. When they got Kane they're like, "Oh, well perfect." <laughs> well, they were granted wrong. granted all this should be explained better. So that's that's a fact. Right. But oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess the only explanation I would have is similar to what Todd would have is like she she also thought like who who would who would relish the opportunity to be immortal that sort of thing that they were looking for somebody that was like really into the idea of being being the robot you know that kind of thing and mm -hmm. they can control so maybe maybe they were looking for that with Kane I don't know what you got to do with robocop 2 is you got to take it as this is robocop just in the dumb action movie side of things like it's yeah. just it's just fun 
I think that it, I think that RoboCop 2 is fun. Like as far as the violence is great. Fuck when they when they do like the different versions of RoboCop 2 when they try to break yeah, that's pretty yeah. When the one shoots good. itself in the head and the sirens go I off. I like the one or... with the, like just a skull for a face that starts yeah, screaming. Yeah, it's like rips its own head. <laughs> oh, it's so great. Like there's some really good stuff in RoboCop there's some good, 2. There, there's some good there is some really good stuff in it. I like the little kid. I like I like the one thing about Kane dying early on is that that little kid gets to become like a kingpin and yeah. he's like gonna buy an entire city from the mayor and uh you know, i like i like that it takes a full three minutes of just a guy playing the fiddle uh while doing a like weird uh twisting his body around you know during the during the telethon oh mm. my god play yeah. board to be wild on the, to be wild on the fiddle <laughs> <laughs> but i just think all those things don't work as a whole well it's like the the mayor is such a great character like he's he's a lot of fun yeah it's fun but Um, it's just here can i say i don't think peter weller is very good in this one i think you're allowed to say that that, but until you see him not be in the movie then (laughs) (laughs) i i don't think that he's good as like i think his his movements and stuff are a little more forced in this one um, I, I think even his speaking voice is a little more forced in this one. Like it just doesn't come across as well as it does in the first movie. You might be right because I did think in the second one, like, wow, he is really like just pushing those arms out and being, yeah, like doing like the weird like puffed out chest like yeah, robot like, walking, oh, which I'm... he doesn't. It's a lot more subtle in the first movie and comes across as a lot more believable. Um, but you know, whatever, go fuck a refrigerator, Peckerneck. <laughs> But yeah, the, but the, Phil, Phil Tippett does the um, stop motion again in this one. And the stop motion fight between Robocop and Robocop 2 at the end is pretty fucking great. I love it. It was it's like, it was a, it's so like a kaiju fight. Well, it's what you, you know, like if you listen to our Robocop episode, uh, I think Justin, you brought this up that like a lot of people thought that the finale for the movie should be a robot fight. And Ed 209 is not really the person to make that happen, but Kane allows that to right happen and you get a good solid robocop fight which i would argue by the way watching it this time is 100 ripped off in iron man like the original iron yeah. man oh yeah oh god i didn't even know because... iron monger yeah because yeah. he totally does the, it was like the same fucking thing yeah and like the, around his neck and yeah yeah and he like jumps on him from up above and like grabs it and starts pulling out shit like it just uh anyway <laughs> um Here's anyway. a fun fact. Can I give you guys a fun fact about RoboCop 2? I'm ready. Okay, there was a serial killer by the name of Nathaniel White who killed like nine people. And he claimed to have found inspiration for his first murder while watching RoboCop 2. No, he didn't. He did. Here's a, here's a quote. The first girl I killed was from a RoboCop movie. Shut I seen him cut up. somebody's throat, then take the knife and slit down the chest to the stomach and left the body in a certain position. With the first person I killed, I did exactly what I saw in the movie. Shut the fuck up. No, <laughs> fuck that guy. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't... Like, I just... No. Nobody killed somebody because of RoboCop 2. Shut I'm up. Saying he, he didn't, no, he didn't kill somebody because of RoboCop. He just got inspired on how he was going to kill them. Uh, you know, I mean, that could go for anything. Because he, yeah, he was, he was, uh, he killed people, uh, six, he's six people he killed in the early, early 1990s. Uh, all based long... on RoboCop movies. Oh, yeah, different one for each person. No, he, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was sentenced to life in prison. So just, he was caught. Obviously. Yeah, I but just, yes, uh, he was inspired by RoboCop too. It's an, it's, it's an inspirational movie. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> well, no, isn't that that kind of shit that people use against movies like this? And RoboCop Two is just stupid fun. I the, it wasn't until this time watching it, Todd. You 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 poked fun at it, but for my whole life, for some reason in my brain, I have had the phrase behave yourselves like in my head and i didn't ever know what it was from and it's from this fucking movie it's, yeah <laughs> it's uh dan oh uh, dan o'herlihy uh, uh, 
saying behave yourselves yeah. and he's so fucking great he's so over the top and ridiculous in this and i get it we we brought this up earlier so here's your chance he is a different dude uh very very much <laughs> yeah and he's, what's he's what's wild is guy. that they don't even get like caught or they don't they don't get in trouble at the end the the ocp executives which some people thought that was a problem they well they thought that there was peter weller specifically thought that he's like the movie doesn't have a third act they're like no nah, it's fine it's gonna fight the other robot like no that's not like the villain that's not the main villain this movie doesn't have a third act <laughs> they're like no nah, it'll be fine but he's right it really doesn't have a third act it just kind of like robocop 2 should be like the kind of like the ed 209 like he's the one you fight before you get to the main bad guy but even the first movie had ed 209 plus it had Boddicker, then it had dick jones and you know this one, uh, the old man and his uh, his attorney guy or whatever it is, they just kind of walk away and they're going to blame it on the the, the lady. Yeah, but, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, they pin it all on the women. But I kind of I kind of dig that. Uh, well, as far as like his, they they pass it off, and and I love the ending of, you know, uh, Lewis being like, these guys are getting away, these guys are doing it, and he's just like screwing it as well, and he's like. We're only human, <laughs> you know, and I, I, I love that ending. Um, this but movie also does the like the big movie no no of killing a child. No, it goes all in on that shit. Like it, <laughs> it just, yeah, yeah. it'll fuck up a child. It doesn't care about that. But I will say this: this it, it is a bit more touching than you expect it to be because this kid's been nothing but a douche. But by the time he dies, it is kind of sad well they try to make it sad but then if you're watching it you're like yeah this kid's a murderous little shit and has been the entire movie so why are you now trying to make me care that he's dying just because he's 12 yeah. like <laughs> the kid's an asshole <laughs> well yeah i mean um that, that that i don't have anything to say to that he is an <laughs> asshole uh he but God, I don't know. I think this movie did did the same stuff that the first stuff did in that in that it hired character actors to do some really great stuff. And uh, it had a lot of cool scenes. It had like some good gore. It had it had a lot of what the original had, except it was missing. Except a good script the good script yeah i guess i don't know well i mean and honestly, i just say I mean, that I'm, I'm... as in it nothing nothing from it came together like it, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't it well, just they doesn't have the impact they should have yeah. developed it longer and they should have let the original writers work on the script and really give give them time to development and they didn't do that it also i mean urban kirshner's a good director but he is not paul verhoeven like he, it, it's missing that certain spark that you get from a Verhoeven movie that makes something feel, I know Verhoeven movies have a very specific like feel to them. And that's part of what made the original Robocop work so well. Uh, we talked about that, like that perfect blend of script and director, that, that perfect partnership between those. And this movie doesn't have that. It just doesn't. I mean, it still yeah. did well. I mean, it made $45 million at the box office, another $22.5 million in video rental. So it was a successful enough to warrant a sequel, even though the reviews were kind of mixed on it. Uh, but it did get a sequel. You guys yeah. ready to talk about that sequel? Well, we can in just a second. Do you want to know some of the... Uh, do you want to know the directives that were implanted into his brain? Yes, All of please. them? Yes. Not all list. of them. I mean, there's like <laughs> 300, but uh, I have the ones that appear on screen at any point that you could see. Okay, please do tell. All right, these go from 233 to 278, but it's not all of those. Uh, 233 is restrain hostile feelings. 234 is promote positive attitude. 235 is suppress aggressiveness. 236 is promote pro-social values. 238 is avoid destructive behavior. 239, be accessible. Be accessible. 240, participate in group activities. 241, avoid interpersonal conflicts. 242, avoid premature value judgments. 243, pull opinions before expressing yourself. 
244 is discourage feelings of negativity and hostility. 245. If you haven't got anything nice to say, don't talk. The internet could use 245. I'll be honest. Every one of these sounds like something that actual police officers should take into account. (laughs) And then the movie, and that's what I was saying about like the way that Frank Miller portrays it in the movie as if this is all a negative thing, you know? Uh, But like, no, these are, this is actually all very good advice. Not for just police officers. So far, (laughs) so far. Now we start getting weird. 246 is don't rush traffic lights. Okay, fair enough. 247, don't run through puddles and splash pedestrians or other cars. I mean, you shouldn't do that if you can help it. 248, don't say that you're always prompt when you are not. (laughs) 249, don't be oversensitive to the hostility and negativity of others. 250, don't walk across a ballroom floor swinging your arms. (laughs) that's so specific (laughs) 254 encourage awareness 256 discourage harsh language we saw that as an example Mm -hmm. 258 commend commend sincere efforts 261 talk things out 262 avoid orion meetings that was (laughs) is that really on there that was legit (laughs) That's funny. Oh, that's funny. 266, uh, smile. 267, keep an open mind. 268, encourage participation. 273, avoid stereotyping. And 278, seek nonviolent solutions. Those are the ones you can see in the movie at some point. Nice. Wow. So weird. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of those, those, that first half of those were actually very good advice. Mm-hmm. Not just for police, just for people in general, but avoid Orion meetings. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, let's talk about Robocop three. Let's let's well this I movie... hate I hate the no Peter Weller. Well, I don't care, Gary, because you know what? <laughs> so in, in place of in place of Peter Weller here, we've got Robert John Burke. Peter Weller couldn't come. Uh he Whoa. was making well, that's a big reveal right here <laughs> on this show, folks. Peter Weller was busy making naked lunch for David Cronenberg, which is why he was not available to make this. Although I'm not sure. Oh, that's a movie. Yeah, naked. Okay, I thought I was like, man, I I would think with the success of RoboCop, you wouldn't have to make naked lunch for anybody. Was oh Jesus Christ, Todd. (laughs) (laughs) Todd. Gary, hey, Gary had one. I'm allowed to have one. Don't bring me into this. I'm being innocent. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Robocop 3, you've got Frank Miller back as the screenwriter, although he is the, I believe, sole screenwriter on this one. Uh, Because he was still trying to, like, make his career as, like, a screenwriter. He thought he still kind of was holding out hope that that would happen. And he hoped that some of his ideas that didn't get used in RoboCop 2 would make it into RoboCop 3. Although after this was released, he was still kind of disillusioned even further because even less of his stuff made it onto the screen. Looks like uh, Fred Decker got a co-screen uh, screenplay credit okay. on this. Yeah. Well, for better or worse, for Fred Frank, Decker. This is the only reason I could ever imagine this movie coming up is if we did a Fred Decker series. Fred Decker hasn't done enough movies to do a whole series on him, I don't think. I don't know. Uh, but Frank Miller was so disillusioned after seeing the final version of this movie that he didn't make another movie in Hollywood until 2005 for Sin City, Since where he got a co-directing credit because he was like, yeah, I'll, you know, don't be a screenwriter, be a director is basically what he said. Uh-huh. Um, but that's just screenwriting, man. I mean, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, this time you got Fred Decker in the director's chair. Fred Decker, known for Night of the Creeps and the Monster Squad. He had also recently written the screenplay for Ricochet with Denzel Washington right before this movie came out. And, uh, but yeah, okay. Back to this cast. You've got Peter Weller, not here. So Robert John Burke is here. Um, And I think Robert John Burke is pretty good in this. I honestly think he is better in this than Peter Weller is in part two. Shut your mouth. Nope. I'm saying (laughs) it. Shut your mouth. That's, that's the, I'm going to say the hill I'm going to die on. Well, maybe not. But I do stand by that statement. I think he's better than Peter Weller is in the second movie. Not better than Peter Weller is in the first. Not by a long I'm gonna shot. Do, I'm going to do everything I can, Justin, to make sure that that gets engraved on your tombstone. <laughs> Robert John Burke. I'm going to vow, vow here and now. 
Uh, I mean, what, what, uh, well, you, well, it's what only, issues it's you have with the, him other than the fact that he's not Peter Weller? That's it. I mean, it's just that it's that it doesn't sound like RoboCop anymore. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's just not the same dude anymore. <laughs> it's not the same actor, of course. Well, not. the movie's about <laughs> that fucking guy, Justin. <laughs> I mean, what happens when you watch the? If James you don't Bond get the movies, same goddamn person, then don't do it. Tell that to James Bond. Tell that to the Broccoli family who have been making james bond movies for 50 you know what you know what you piece of shit if you'd have got like (laughs) pierce brosnan to do robocop then maybe i'd have a different opinion (laughs) i'd buy that for a dollar uh but i mean i mean getting recasting in sequels is not unusual i mean the marvel movies have done it you know roadie got recast pretty early on it's not unusual it sucks when it happens but i think if you're not going to get Peter Weller, Robert John Burke is a pretty good substitute. I think he's pretty good. Uh, he's, he's fine. It's, it's, it's just, it's a shitty movie and you're going to defend it. And I, I don't know. <laughs> I am going to defend it. Cause I think it's, it is here. Here's the thing. Robocop two and three are both objectively not very good movies. No, shut your mouth. Um, there Robert, is true. Robocop two is fun. Robocop three. You want to Robocop talk about like fun. some pacing issues. Robocop. I think Robocop three's two. pacing is better than the second one. No, I do. <laughs> I just, what I just is think wrong with you? Robocop <laughs> think, three is. I think the pacing is better. I think it moves along at a better clip. Uh, and it's, about it's got a robo yakuza terrible. in it it's got a robo yakuza and the makeup effects Which on that guy good on paper it's great <laughs> like when he gets hit in the face and his face is all smashed that's a great makeup effect uh, dude it's pretty uh, cool it's it's fun you get robocop on a jetpack at the end of the movie that's that was something nobody needed what? Yeah, who didn't want RoboCop? The, the toys already had it. I guarantee you by the time this movie came out. <laughs> well, that may be true. Every but kid who had had those toys wanted that. Save it for when you could make that not look dumb as shit. It doesn't look bad. I mean, it's, it's it uh, looks I mean, pretty bad. Mm. It doesn't look any worse than other movies that were coming out around this time. I mean, because I'm using not the talking same... about other movies. I'm talking about RoboCop three. But that that you're you're making the same like argument that the people on our who somebody needs a nap what complaining world did we land in that <laughs> justin is defending robocop 3 i know i can't imagine this, how this, this was happened. the tweet that i mentioned at the top of this very episode <laughs> i can't even wow. believe i am in this reality here's the thing <laughs> I, I i said Neither one of these is a great movie, but I think that RoboCop 3 is better than people give it credit for. Robo- I think, Ro- what? I think what? Robert John Burke is fun. I think Rip Torn is great as the CEO of OCP. You know, yeah. uh, he's, he's, I mean, Rip Torn's great in everything, but so you've got CCH Pounder in there as, you know, uh, one of the, the homeless people. Like there's some, you've got Steven Root in there. I mean, you've got some great character actors in there. Okay. Okay. So, so, all right. Now you got Shane not- Black. I think I'm landing on a similar page as you in that RoboCop 3 is maligned as a garbage movie, like, fuck you, like, this yeah. is the worst movie ever made, blah, blah, and blah, blah. And it's not. Blah. I mean, it's fine. It's a popcorn movie. It's it's just, it's just a, it's there. It's a popcorn movie feel. that if I were, if I were like, you know, am I, if I'm 16 years old and I'm, flipping channels on cable as we used to do if you're a completist and you're just like i just want to watch uh the sequel robocop 3 it's 90 (laughs) minutes of like entertainment yeah it's fun Uh, fine okay it's fun i'm not saying it's a great movie it's not it's it's not good but But neither is part two though i mean you've got nostalgic feelings for part two uh, yeah i because it's it's fucking fantastic it's not though. It's not. <laughs> let's step outside <laughs> that's robocop 2 has some of the best fucking lines in it i i love robocop 2 so much uh, we know anyway. we've, we've we've established that's that. the hill gary's gonna die on uh it, it just has it is full of good lines and it's got like great dialogue and an actual robot fight at the end. Like there's, there's good stuff. There's a robot fight at the end of this one. Yeah. It's, it's RoboCop like blasting the face off of a Japanese robot. The music's better in this one. 
because Basil's back for this one. He, he is. He brings the theme back, and he so brings the theme back because they didn't even use the theme in the second movie, which is kind yeah, of yeah, which is weird, which is very okay. weird. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't know why they wouldn't. I don't know why they wouldn't bring that back. <laughs> okay, fair well, enough. I mean, on that. Well, here's the thing: RoboCop three at the time of its release. Well, first of all, it went into production right after RoboCop two, and the plan was to release it in the summer of '92. But then Orion Pictures went bankrupt. And then they got bought out. So the film sat on the shelf for over a year and it eventually came out in November of 1993. So by, by 1993, by November of 93, you got to think of where like special effects had moved on to. Cause in the summer of 93, a little movie called Jurassic park came out. So you have to wonder if like it's, if RoboCop's box office performance had something to do also with audiences, expectations having been raised since mm. the previous movie uh because you compare this movie looks like it was made 10 years before jurassic park not one year before jurassic park and then it got released several months after jurassic park and you could see people like watching this and going like oh man this looks pretty shitty compared to those dinosaurs that steven spielberg just gave us yeah that's yeah that's true it's and, and and critics did not like it. It's at six percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's a lot about it that just feels like really cheap, and I don't know what it is because I mean, there's things the like suit I looks mean, better. Fred, I was about to say the Fred Decker uh, was a fan of the suit from the yeah. original and thought that the second one uh, it was cheap, and so he went back to try to mimic the idea of the first one. So he obviously agreed with you there. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I don't think the story is very fun. I can see it being a Fred Decker movie in the fact that it, it like relies on that kid initially at the beginning. Yeah. And like, um, that just feels like knowing the little that I know about Fred Decker so far is that like with, from monster squad and night of the creeps, like it, it's like going to take the innocent younger person perspective and like watch them into this situation and that right. sort of thing. But, um, I don't know. It, it just didn't uh, flow with me. And then they kill uh, Lewis. Yeah, that's a little... It's so weird that they kill her so early on. You almost expect, like, if I were making it, it would be... They, they kill Lewis early on, and then in the third act, she comes back as a RoboCop to help in the final battle. Like would be actually kind maybe, of badass. Because, like, maybe RoboCop is surrounded by, like, five of these Yakuza robots and he's getting overwhelmed he's getting outgunned and then the lewis robocop shows up because they brought her back which they kind of alluded to even in the first movie like at the end of the first movie when she gets hurt in that final scene and he says well well they'll fix you they'll fix they you fix they, they fix everything yeah, yeah so that kind of makes you think that she's going to come back in the sequel as a robot and that never never happens and it would have um, been cool if like there was one of the directives about fair play or even, you know, even the odds or something like that. So you yeah. let him quote that, like as she bursts through the window or something. But I, I like the, um, I like the idea of, of RoboCop and the, and the police like fighting against OCP, you know, that's mm. a, that's a fun, that's a fun concept. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that are kind of interesting about it and, and some things that seem to be lifted from that initial idea from Neumeier and Minor that there's these like outcast people that are trying to fight back against the corporations and the government. Um, I don't know. Um, there's it is Robocop three never feels as fun to me. I don't know. Well, I don't think anyone's calling two or three, a classic. <laughs> I'm calling two a classic. Well, you are, <laughs> but nobody else is. Uh, Todd, you, you rewatched the 2014 remake as well. Didn't you? I did. And you like it, right? I did. You know, when I saw it initially in, um, when I saw it initially in theaters, I was just kind of like, uh, okay, I get what you're doing. That's fine. Yeah, update the, update the special effects. You know, you've got a pretty, uh, star-studded cast it's it's fun it's fine and you know we're trying to just recash in on a on a classic 
Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't seen it since it came out. I saw it the year it came out, but that's about it. But yeah, but um, I mean, you've got great I, performances I, in there from Michael Keaton, Gary Oldman, Joel Kinnaman is just so bland. Yeah, uh, to but, me, like, and, and that's the thing with that that whole movie. To me, it felt very bland, uh, and it takes away like all the satire of. Well, that's too bad because that, they, that was they the do thing the that casting I thing right. That was right. the thing that I wanted to talk about with the remake was, yeah, they did take a lot of a lot of the satire away, but I think what they were primarily focused on was the idea of the man in the machine. I mean, because, and I, they, I mean, again, it's, you know, it, the prequels focusing on, you know, uh, Federation trade. Uh, so, you know, nobody wants to see a RoboCop movie where all they're doing is sitting around talking about science and like someone tightening a bolt for an hour. Like, you know, that doesn't make for an interesting movie, but I think yeah. they, they do present these ideas of this doctor that has been doing a lot of work with, um, soldiers and law enforcement officers who have lost limbs. And, you know, there's that idea of these prosthetics that they're having to connect the brain and you know the brain with the quote-unquote heart the brain with the emotions and talking about what it is to to suffer in that fashion and it's really more of an exploration of alex murphy as a man as opposed to the world that he's in yeah so i mean you're exploring you're exploring the guy I mean, that, that's a great concept but the movie to me just loses the bite of, that the original had like we talked about on our robocop episode how part of what makes that work so much is because it kind of went against the grain of what was expected. Whereas this feels very much like a big studio production that's just mass marketed, you know, uh, it, it has good people involved. You know, you, like you said, the, the cast is good. Jose Padilla, the director, the other stuff I've seen of his is really good. Like uh, he did elite squad and elite squad Two. elite squad two, especially is pretty great. Uh, mm -hmm. It's the movie that he made, I think right before RoboCop. Uh, then he also did the Netflix, uh, that Narcos TV series. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really good. Uh, so he's a great director or the stuff I've seen, I've really enjoyed. But I think, uh, I think honestly, I, I really do think the remake is worth a second look because yeah, it, it's not focusing, it's not focusing on the, the corporate greed and that stuff. It's focusing on the, a lot of the legal ramifications of having, an entity like RoboCop in society and it's focusing on the trauma Alex Murphy endured and continues to endure being turned into RoboCop. Yeah. And you, I mean, whereas the wife in the first one and the sequels is little more than a flash of memory. You yeah. actually get to see her presented with, Hey, we need you to sign these papers. And you see like, the trauma first of all the trauma of seeing of having her husband blown apart but then the added thing of like hey we need you to sign these documents so that we can turn him into a robot and we need you to do it right now like yeah <laughs> get some great emotional beats with the wife and the son and that's something that's missing from the original trilogy i'm not saying i'm not saying that it's better i'm saying it's different and it's not worse right uh, but i think it's worth revisiting I remember well, RoboCop the remake being more of a revenge movie than um, than anything else. It's a little um, bit of a well. You also get the added mystery of like he's a detective in the first trilogy. He's a beat cop. So this you actually get to right. see him investigate his own murder, which is a fantastic concept alone. But then, um, yeah, so you've got that part of it. And then you get to see like how that all stacks together with the corporation and law enforcement and the street gangs and how. I'd be willing out. to give it another shot too. Cause I remember there's guys like uh, Gary Oldman's in it. Samuel Jackie, Earl, Michael, Jackie Earl Haley fucking Jackie steals Earl the show. Haley Michael is K. Williams is in it. Michael K. Williams is in it. So like Joel Kinnaman, I would argue is probably like the least known guy. Yeah. Uh, who's who's because like it was this it was this before suicide squad this is right? before suicide squad yeah. i think yeah yeah, yeah so. um so Man, yeah I, I don't know i mean i might revisit it one day well i'm not opposed to it <laughs> like it's uh it's not not i mean 
not perfect as you know like any movie is <laughs> but it's it, it got a lot of flack and then you know having watched it in the theater and kind of divorced myself from it for a few years and then revisiting it i was like you know what this actually isn't that bad and you know look at the things that they are talking about yeah i think yeah. i think there's some meat on those bones cool. i'm gonna read the first three uh just for this this story i'm gonna i'm gonna this story this podcast i'm gonna read the first four I'm going to read the first four so I can get to this one. Nope, five. I'm going to do it. Oh, Robocop Jesus Christ, Gary. <laughs> Letterbox. Letterbox reviews of this film. One half star. Arguably, arguably the biggest drop in quality from a first film to a sequel. The Kid Gangster is one of the worst villains ever. One half star. Far inferior to the original. Should have left it alone. One half star. This was actually painful to sit through. It was so bad that it felt like it would just never end. Two hours of pure boredom. And one half star. Fascist trash. Politically noxious. Structurally and exhausting. Dead end. Bad. Whew. Yeah, that was four. Oh, five would be same problem I have with Magnum Force. Why would you make a sequel to RoboCop? Seriously, this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It tries to do so many things at once, and it just does not work. You'll probably forget about half the storylines by the end of the movie because there's so many that are just forgotten about. Yeah, there's a well. I mean, yeah, we discussed at length the messiness of the script, and yeah, it does feel like vignettes. That I think yeah. that was perfect description. That was RoboCop two, RoboCop three's top five. Uh, not good reviews let's uh let's look this up there's a half star on letterbox that just says farto cop farto cop <laughs> well, the entire you right there <laughs> farto oh cop god farto cop here's another one that fr- uh, that says fuck robocop 3 one of the worst films that's in quotes ever made fucking the potential this franchise had into the dirt ah <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, well, there's a half star. At least RoboCop 2 wasn't boring. What half star? Holy shit, this is bad. Not like so bad it's good, just bad. Why in the unholy fuck would you make RoboCop PG-13? I haven't been this mad at a movie in a long time. It's like a canon film, both no heart or no fun. The cinematography and everything else, the lighting, the editing, the acting, the effects, the script is all just... It's so fucking bland and <laughs> lifeless. There's no joy in anything. It's so dull. I'm not even going to continue the rest of that review. So uh, if you guys, um, I, if you guys want to continue your journey into the world of RoboCop, like we mentioned, there are you know, not just these sequels, not just the remake, but there's there animated series, TV series, a TV mini series. Uh, our friend Miles and his podcast over at the More You Nerd are releasing or by the time you've listened to this have just released an episode where they actually discuss the original tv series from back in the 90s so Fun. if you if you really want to like just really get into the nitty-gritty on robocop <laughs> uh, miles is there for you just go find them at the more you nerd same places you can find us they're on all the podcast channels so there's so many them, places tell them cinema go. shock sent you <laughs> there's so many like comics about robocop versus terminator yeah. and uh i remember playing that game like thinking it was some slick shit when i was a kid like yeah. going over to my buddy paul's house and he had the sega and you could play robocop versus terminator and you were just like walking through like shooting the uh uh the uh skeletons i forget what they're called but excess yeah, yeah. since the terminator the, ter- the t-800s t-800s uh, that's yes. what that's what i was looking for no. so anyway well this is our first and hopefully successful uh and hopefully <laughs> last round round tables discussion uh like i said these are not always going to be like this it's not always going to be just the three of us sometimes we'll have guests on for these round table shows sometimes we won't you know sometimes they may or may not tie into a recent episode like this one but uh we'll release these every now and then in between main episodes just if if you know something comes up that we think is fun to discuss like discussing these sequels because uh i don't know if we'll, we are going to do one for total recall i think i don't want to make any promises but I, I do think that we've got something planned for that so do we hmm. yeah yeah we do anyway uh I, i'm done with these movies guys how about y'all Ready no i'm never done with robocop well we're done with this episode so <laughs> where you guys want to tell everyone where you can be found on the internet 
Yeah, I'm at Mr. Todd A. Davis on all of the socials. And if you like Star Trek, you can find my podcast at Computer Resume Podcast on all of the places where you get your podcasts. We discuss the entire franchise of Star Trek for, in chronological order for fans new and old. So come join us and you can follow the show at Computer Resume on all of the socials. Really glad you explained the premise of the podcast every single time, Todd. <laughs> All I'm going to share with you guys is I'm at this is Gary Horn. You can find everything you need to know there, but uh, also you can go to classicreload.com uh, slash dr dash sb. That's B as in boy. A I T S O. That's Dr. Spato. You can hit that up. I'm going to show these guys after we cut off recording. <laughs> But uh safe safe fuck. Yeah. Dr. Spazo, classicreload.com. You can get Dr. Spazo. You can still hang out with him. He's a therapist, uh a robot therapist, and he sounds anyway. like Robocop too. Well, I am at Justin underscore Bishop. The show is at cinema underscore shock on Twitter, Instagram. You can find us on Facebook, Discord, all those places. Uh rate review the show. Let us know what you think about this uh this bonus episode and what you'd like to see us do with more bonus episodes uh, until next week may the wings of liberty never lose a feather and be excellent to each other and he has the keys <laughs> <laughs>